Well, again, it is time to get together with the guys and talk about the market this past week. But you may have heard that our friend and compatriot here on Midwest Ag, David Coley, has been absent. And you may have heard that he had quite a spill on the ice recently, bonked his head. So he has been spending some time in the hospital. You know, we were just kind of holding off trying to figure out exactly how severe it was. Turns out it was pretty severe. And so David's not going to be with us for a while. Uh, David, I know you're not listening, but get well fast. We really miss you. Kavanaugh now gets uh, top billing, but we (laughs) would really like to thank you all for your concern and your prayers. And as we get more information about David's condition, we will certainly pass it along to you. Kavanaugh and Kavanaugh, sounds (laughs) a little psychotic like there's two of you. The guys are brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. The Farm Bureau's support of issues facing farm families is possible only because of your Farm Bureau membership. Support your local Farm Bureau online at itpaystobeamember.org. A couple of things that we want to talk about right off the top, John, and uh, that is the U.S. Corn Export Sales Report this week and the Jobs Report, because when that came out, that was a big surprise for everybody. It was like, what, about three times what the expectations were. Yes, uh, that was a shocker, and it's kind of hard to believe that the number is that high. It was up around somewhere around 570,000 jobs created, and they are expecting about 185,000 jobs. And so this has got the market all shook up. And of course, the fear is, is that uh, Fed has indicated they're going to slow down the uh, interest rate increases. And this suggests that the job's not getting done, and they may raise interest rates even more, Mm. fearing that these uh, job increases could stimulate inflation even more. I don't quite buy into all that. Yeah, I want to see what happens next week because then the market's had time to digest that. I actually think it's a little bit bullish commodities, but the market's perceiving it differently than that. Well, and the market always has a knee-jerk reaction when numbers come out that they did not expect. I think uh, it's wise on your part to say, let's wait until next week. One of the things we did see this week that was a little bit of a surprise, particularly on corn, and that was U.S. corn export sales came in above expectations at 1.59 million metric tons, way over the four-week average, second best total of the new marketing year, but still, wow, lagging way behind what we have seen over the last couple of years. One of the things about it, John, was is that China was back in the mix. Unknown buyers were in for 423,000 tons and China in for 319,500. So you put those two together and at least take, I don't know what, about half of the unknown buyers and lump them into China's court. And uh, all of a sudden you're looking at China going, wow, China made the largest purchase of U.S. corn since May of last year. How about that? Uh, It's about time. Let's look at this thing realistically. Uh, The U.S. has currently got the cheapest corn in the entire world. If you want to buy corn, you're going to come here first because it's the cheapest. Now, it has not been that case for several months, as you well know, when the Argentine and the Brazilian corn crops come in, they dominate the market and we become second banana. Well, eventually they run out. We thought they were going to run out back in late November, December. Well, they didn't. And they're just now finally raising the prices because their supplies have dwindled. And now the world's coming back to the U.S. So I don't think that number is a surprise. I'd like to point out that we've lost so much business prior to now. Yeah. There were still 250 million bushels behind the pace necessary to hit the USDA objective for U.S. exports this crop year. So do you look at this as maybe a harbinger of things to come from China, or is this just an aberration? 
No, I think it's a, an indication of things to come. The question is how much corn is China going to buy? If they're going to buy it, it's most of it's going to come, if not all of it's going to come from the U.S. because it's the cheapest, period. And by the way, Mexico was equal to China's purchases this week. Yeah. Uh, that was 12 million bushels, converting that into bushels. And unknown is an interesting number because that's often China. That was a big number. But that which was identified as China and Mexico, they were in a tie for second place at 12 million bushels. Now, the other thing going on, of course, is soybean beans and came in pretty close to the bottom of expectations. But that whole soybean thing is is kind of a mystery to me in some regards because there's been so much focus on South America. Obviously, Argentina's had some real bad problems with weather and they did not get as much rain as they were expecting and now the forecast going back to dry again. So Argentina's just a mess. But Brazil, they saw some pretty good rains over the areas. But the deal is, is that they're in the midst of harvesting soybeans and that harvest harvest has, because of the rains, has slowed down, and they got to get the soybeans out before they can plant the next corn crop. So those two things are kind of interesting dynamics. It's still early. It's still very, very early. So uh, let's keep an eye on that one, because last I heard, they harvested 5% of their soybeans, and a year ago, they were at 10%. That's not a significant difference at this point, but we got to keep an eye on it. And I'd like to point out, of course, the soybean exports in the U.S. fell off the board this past week because yeah. that was also expected. Because once again, the big crop coming in Brazil, they're harvesting it. The cheapest beans in the world are out of Brazil. You know, this crop is huge this year. They're estimating it 154 million tons. <laughs> yeah. That's a 27 million ton increase above last year. Here's what it does to the market. Their basis currently is a dollar a bushel below a year ago. Wow. Yeah, five Brazil. Holy cow, that's a sharp decline. Of course, we're looking at $15 soybeans, so that's not quite as impressive. But cash soybeans delivered to China currently are $1 a bushel cheaper than out of the U.S. and a buck and a half a bushel cheaper than it was a year ago. Wow. So that big crop has really depressed prices in Brazil. And what can you expect except to see Brazil dominate the market over the coming several months except when the vessels back up. That hadn't happened yet, has it, Rob? We're no. going to hear about that one next. Yeah, I'm All sure. All the vessels head to Brazil, and you got this big lineup of vessels, and they can't get loaded. They're <laughs> looking at, oh, it's going to take me three weeks to get to port and get loaded. I think I'll head to the U.S. Oh, their beans are more expensive, but at least I can get loaded. Yeah, right. <laughs> a month from today, you'll hear about it. Well, and you've always said, watch bases. It'll indicate what's going on with the market. And with that kind of basis in Brazil, how do you rectify $15 beans, it seems like a difficult price to sustain in that kind of environment. I got a problem with it, Rob. I'll be honest. I look at this Brazilian crop and how big it is. Now, I know Argentina's got problems. You know, that Argentina problem has kind of given support to the bean price. And U.S. exports, back when we were exporting soybeans and we were the dominant market, were bigger than expected. Right. Well, that, those are both behind us now. I think beans might be in trouble. And technically, watch this. We had a beautiful head and shoulders formation forming on soybeans beginning this past Monday. And, uh-oh, the market took off on Monday, and it took out the neckline of that formation, but it never took out the head. It got within 10 cents of the head, and then it dropped sharply. That's negative. 
technically, I don't think these beans look very healthy. Again, let's see what happens next week. And next week is very important. And what John is pointing to is the WASDE report that's coming out. Now, everybody at this point is starting to come up with their estimates for next week and what they think is going to happen. We got them from Allendale. And John, we're seeing some kind of curious things there, particularly with the beans. Allendale's expectation is that ending stocks here in the U.S. for beans are going to drop substantially and substantially below what USDA is saying. That's a very good point, Rob. It's an excellent point. It's part of the reason that soybeans uh, prices are so strong. In the last S&D, the government uh, forecasted the ending stocks at $210 million. That was down from the previous estimate, and that's starting to get tight. Well, uh, Allendale, they're forecasting that the government is going to drop that to as low as 176 million bushels. And whoops. uh-oh, yeah. whoops, yeah, if that happens, you know, that's tight. That's another reason why beans have been strong recently is because the market is anticipating a drop in the carryover because exports in the past several months have exceeded expectations. So they're lowering the carryover because of higher exports. Well, let's see what happens on the 8th. That's the number I'm watching for right there, Rob. That's a big number to watch for. Well, and the other thing is, is that Allendale raised their expectation for corn. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, have a look at it. Take some of the pressure off corn. Well, like I said, next week's report is going to be an interesting one. Well, listen, I wanted to wrap up with a couple of things that crossed my desk this past week. One of them is that Brazil Brazil used to be one of our top five destinations for U.S. ethanol, but Brazil has ended their tax exemption on ethanol imports, and that has caused a significant drop in U.S. ethanol exports to Brazil in the last couple of years. Now, ethanol imports now having to pay 16% to enter Brazil until the end of this year, and then that levy is going to rise to 18% in 2024. What's your take on that and what it's going to mean to ethanol exports? Yes, it is, and no question about it. That's going to hurt our exports of ethanol to Brazil. And something else out here, I'm glad you brought that up, it's going to hurt it even more. And that is that most of the ethanol in Brazil is made from sugarcane. Well, they're gradually expanding their corn for ethanol production. Now, let's look at these numbers. In the last five years, ethanol production from corn has gone from 520 million liters to four and a half billion liters. That's a nine and a half fold increase in five years. (laughs) Wow. End of this decade, they expect that to more than double to 10 billion liters. That's ethanol produced from corn. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That's telling me that's even less of our ethanol that gets exported to Brazil. But you know what else it is? Now that Brazil can export corn to China, that production of ethanol from corn will compete from the Chinese demand for corn from Brazil. Not only that, but the cattle feeders down there, you know, they've got a huge cattle industry that uh, takes a pretty significant amount of their corn production. Couple the two of those together, China and the cattle feeders. Uh, Wow, that's a lot of pressure on their production. Well, there is just one more interesting little thing that came across the desk this week. And I'm not giving you the last word this week, by the way. This is me. You've got competition now. United Airlines formed a joint venture to develop and then commercialize a sustainable aviation fuel technology using ethanol as the feedstock. And boy, I tell you what, John, as they project out, and by the time it's all said and done, they figured they're going to be able to provide enough sustainable aviation fuel to fly more than 50,000 flights every year just with United Airlines. That's a lot of demand on ethanol and by connection, demand on corn as well. That's impressive. 
Thanks, John, for both your part and David Coley's part today. The guys are brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau, and if farming was easy, everyone would do it, but it's not. And it's got a lot of challenges, many of which none of us have time or legal knowledge to engage in. But the Farm Bureau does, and they are fully engaged in their effort to get farm bill priorities in the hands of incoming lawmakers in D.C. The Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state and the national level are ongoing, and your Farm Bureau membership is what makes all of that happen. Support your local Farm Bureau with the membership. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.